0: So what happens when you combine my insane curiosity with some of the world's most interesting people? You end up with incredible conversations full of stories, insights, and the defining moment that made them who they are today. This is The David Spizak Show. If you've listened to any of my episodes, you've undoubtedly learned that I am absolutely fascinated. I have this incredible curiosity for how people got to where they are. And it seems that the more successful one becomes, the more interested the public at large is in who they are, what they do, what they wear, where they live, what they drive, and who they're dating. I am not interested in most of those, but I am absolutely fascinated by how they got to be where they are. And I'm oftentimes asked by people who are in the midst of their journey of wanting to become the best version of themselves, wanting to achieve their best life. How do I get there? Well, it turns out that in my conversations with some of these extraordinary people, I've learned something. And what I've learned is is something that in my own life in my own journey I found to be true I found it to be my secret the door that opened up and allowed me to burst through on my path to becoming the best version of me and don't get me wrong I'm not there yet I'm not done I haven't written my final chapter there's still more so I'm still pursuing the best version of me but By most people's accounts, and certainly by society's accounts, I've done our and I've been able to achieve a pretty high level of success. And so people will ask me, David, you always talk about seeking uncommon. You're always talking about finding that which is uncommon in ourselves, because the people that I interview, the people I've met, the people I've worked with, the people I've been fortunate enough uh, to have a chance to know who are in their own rights, extraordinary. They did the very same thing. So when somebody asked me of that question, it just occurred to me today, it actually caused me to reflect on my own journey. And so I want to tell you about that, a little bit about me, that honestly, until this moment, less than a dozen people in my entire lifetime ever have known. You see, I started out uh, with a very difficult childhood. It was, um, I was fortunate to be blessed with an extraordinary mom who believed in me, believed in my brothers and sisters, and really shielded us from some very challenging times. As a result of what I experienced and what we experienced, I developed what I believe saved my, my brain, my sanity, and possibly my life. And that is a sense of humor. And I remember one time making people laugh at school and how that made me feel that I had the ability to put a smile on other people's faces, to make them laugh, make them forget, make them feel good. And I also recalled how good it made me feel and how it allowed me to kind of escape my circumstances in my own brain. But You know, a funny thing happened is that life kind of takes over. And as I went through school and as I grew up, uh, by all accounts, um, I was anything but uncommon. Uh, I wasn't a very good athlete. I could play most sports. I may not have been the last person that would get picked. I was never the first. Um, Academically, I had a brain. And I had a decent brain. But my academics wouldn't have reflected that. My performance wouldn't have reflected that. And I won't go into why. Perhaps it was because of what I, the circumstances I grew up in. Uh, perhaps it was my version of acting out. But the bottom line is, when it came to academics, I was anything but uncommon. I started to move forward in life, and I started to, like most people, set in, settle into life. I got married, I had a child, I got a job, and it turned out uh, that one thing that I was pretty good at was selling. Um, and so I went about my business, and I was able to just simply through a dedication to wanting to, uh, a dedication to work, a dedication to uh, knowledge. Assimilation of knowledge, a dedication to uh, wanting to out hustle and out grind somebody, a dedication to wanting to um, mitigate for the fact that I wasn't the smartest guy out there. Uh, and knowing my background, that I had never outperformed anybody, I just felt like if I just put my head down, leaned in, and worked my ass off, that I could stay with anybody. It turned out that that worked out all right. So much so that by the age of 26 or so, would have been in 1986, I was already making close to $150,000 a year. Now, 150000 a year isn't what it used to be, but 150000 today is a lot of money. Back then, you're talking 35 years ago, it was okay. I was living in a small rural town, with my wife, uh, who is now my ex-wife, and my daughter with another child on the way, my older son. Well, it turned out that while I had achieved what most people these days and back then want to achieve, good job, great income, good career, it turned out it wasn't what I wanted at all. Because you see, it actually took me further away from that kid, that version of me who was a kid, that kid who loved being on stage, so to speak, making people laugh, putting them in a different frame of mind, um, and having the opportunity to entertain people, not on a stage, not in a drama club, just in real life. And it started bothering me so much that I just simply couldn't stand the idea of doing what I was doing anymore. So I did something that by many people's standards, would be unimaginable, would be crazy. Maybe it was. I went home to my then wife, and I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to coach. I want to mentor people. I want to train people. I want to use the things that make me happy. And I said, I'm not going to go into it to fail. In fact, I don't believe I will. But I need to know, if it all goes wrong, and we lose the house and everything, are we going to be okay? And she said, yes. So I quit. I only had enough money in the bank to not even pay three months worth of bills, not even three months. But that didn't deter me because I felt like I was doing what I was absolutely meant to do. And more importantly, I was actually living a congruent life. I was doing what I love to do. So I put in my resignation and I quit. I immediately reached out to a friend of mine who worked at a Ford store in Sacramento, California. And I said, hey, Dale, guess what? You know how I've always wanted to coach and train? I'm going to do it. I just quit. And so I reached out to you first because I want to come to I want to come to your store. I want to do training. I'll come do sales meetings. I can come once a week. And he said, wow. He said, well, how much are you going to charge for that? And I said, $3,000 a month. And he said, well, I can't do that. I'm really not interested in that. But I'll tell you what I will do. And I leaned in and I said, what's that? And he said, well, I'm going to introduce you to a guy who's been doing that for a long time. His name is John Palumbi. He's an absolute pro. And I said, thanks so much. He said, you should go to lunch with John. It'll help you tremendously. And I'm sitting here thinking I'm so excited. I'm going to get a mentor. I'm going to get an Obi Wan Kenobi to guide me to do what I've always wanted to do. So I have have lunch with John. And uh, in the first five minutes, uh, he says, Tell me what you want to do. And I told him. He said, Dale told me a little bit about that. He said, Do you want my advice? And I said, Yeah, I would love your advice. He said, Don't do it. Can you imagine? I had already quit my job. I said, John, don't do it. I did it. It's done. He said, you're never going to be able to do it. It's too hard. I've been doing this for over 20 years. It's just too hard. So you should go get another job. I I was not deterred. I was disappointed 100%. But the only thing I could think of is, I'm not going to sanction what's coming out of the mouth of this particular human being. I'm not going to let what he said dictate my outcome. That's on me. So I walked away from that lunch. Yes, disappointed, but more resolute than ever that this is what I was going to do. And you know what happened? That person, Dale, who said no, but introduced me to John three weeks later, hired me, called me back. And hired me. He became my first client, and I proceeded to do training and coaching for dealerships around the country. I was able to get onto something called Automotive Satellite Television Network, created by H. Ross Perot. In fact, that's the first place I met Grant Cardone, well over thirty years ago. Zig Ziglar was on there. One of my heroes, Brian Tracy, was on there. Tom Stuker was on there, and a host of other people. And so it allowed me to meet people. It allowed me to validate this is what I wanted to do. And for over three years, that's what I did. And I made great money and I was having a good time, but it was taking me away from my home. And I did miss being around my kids. I missed out. I was missing the things that I was missing out on. Um, And it just so happened that one of my clients happened to be in Silicon Valley, a Mercedes store. Uh, sent me a page one day, way back then, we used pagers, long before phones. He sent me a page that just said 911-911-911, followed by his phone number. I called him up and he said, hey, he said, I need you to work here. I had been doing work for them for over two years. Well, I was tired of being on the road. I was wanting to spend more time at home, and so I said yes. And I went to work there. And you know what happened? I had the opportunity to make more money than before. So now, if you can imagine, this is the year 1991. I'm all of 32. And now I'm making about $185,000 a year. It's a lot of money today. It was a lot of money back then. And I was proud to be affiliated with that family, with that brand, Mercedes-Benz and Volvo. And you know that decision led me to being able to start at 185, but within a couple of years, that that dollar figure doubled, and over the next few years, I was able to elevate myself in position into that dealership, and I ultimately became the president and dealer of that organization, the Mercedes Benz store. Many people in the car business know what happened: that we took that store from making just a little over a million dollars a year and being below average in many respects to making $25 million a year and being the highest performing and the most profitable dealership in the history of the car business. Well, that wouldn't have happened, everybody, if I wouldn't have walked away from that first job. It wouldn't have happened if I wasn't doing what was what I was meant to do. It wouldn't have happened if I wasn't connected to that, which made me uncommon. You see in the dealership environment, I was able to use and in business, even before then I was able to use that, which I love to do entertain people, make people laugh, get them out of their brain for a minute so they can open their brain up to new and different ideas, perspectives, concepts and strategies that would ultimately lead them to being able to perform at a higher level and to get what they wanted. And then you know what happened? I learned, just like I learned previously in my experience in a dealership, that that wasn't really completely congruent with who I am. You see, it took me back into the business of the business, which is great, And we did some really fantastic things. But for me personally, I knew that there was something more that I needed and that I wanted. So by that time, and I had elevated myself, if you could imagine, uh, back then it was probably 1996, 97. So I find myself 37 or so years old making seven figures. I found myself in a situation where all of a sudden I was directly affiliated with the San Francisco 49ers. I was asked to join the board of directors for uh, their nonprofit foundation. And everything seemed to be great except for one thing. I wasn't any longer as connected to my version of myself as a kid. I wasn't connected is often to what made me uncommon, my uncommon traits. And so I talk about this all the time because every individual on earth has a set of attributes, personality traits that they had as a kid. It was that that made you passionate, that which made you optimistic. It was that that made you believe you could actually fly to the moon. You could become president. You could do anything you wanted to do. Before you started, finding yourself in situations where people were telling you to color inside the lines, stay in your place, follow in line with everybody else, conform to this type of thinking or that type of thinking. Well, as all of this started to kind of roll around in my brain, I found myself back in the same position I was previously. So you know what I did? I left I left a seven-figure income. And with my partner, we started a software company in 2008. Now, that date might be interesting to you because it happened to be the beginning of the greatest recession in the history of the United States. The only thing ever of a greater magnitude that had a negative impact on our economy and the people in the country was the Depression. But we started it at that time. And it took two years until I was able to make $1. Two years later, I was able to make $10,000 a month. I was able to pay myself ten grand a month. Can you imagine? Not a fraction of what I made two years before. But you know what? I was happy. I was convicted. I was passionate. I was disciplined, and I was devoted because I was doing what I love to do. I was acting in concert with who I am. I was living a congruent life. It wasn't a financially uh, beneficial life by most of our standards. But a funny thing happened. As a result of doing that, we were able to create a company that ultimately became a nine-figure company. We were able to have an outcome that was unimaginable. And if you think about it, if you go back to where I started, it all started with me discovering what was uncommon about me so that I can have an uncommon path, an uncommon journey, make uncommon decisions that led to an uncommon outcome. And so I share this with you because when people ask me, you know, what can I do? And how could I get to the best version of my life? what I would like to say to you, is I would like to ask you a question. How could you possibly become the best version of you if you're not leveraging, recognizing, acknowledging, and using the best things about you? Those things that make you uncommon. Because as it turns out, the moment that you do, you will burst through that same door. You will immediately become propelling, you will propel yourself towards that which you say every day of your life you want, the life you deserve, your best life ever, living with the best version of you ever. And here's the best part of all of this. You see, while financial liberation, success uh, at the levels that we've come to learn about or think of success in the terms of what we see, for example, on Instagram, right? Or we read about uh, on internet articles every single day about people who created uh, unicorn companies and become billionaires. The reality, everybody is this. The one thing everybody wants is happiness. That's it. Money is a byproduct money in and of itself isn't going to sustain you. It's not going to keep you at the level that you want to be. Happiness will. Happiness is elusive, sustainable happiness, even far more so. But I can promise you, seek which makes you uncommon. Seek the uncommon in you. And when you find it, not only will it lead you to the best life ever, the best version of you, which will create the best outcome for you, Perhaps from a business perspective, financial perspective, physical, spiritual relationship perspective. But the best part is that will all happen because you will actually be happy. Because you're living with the person that you were supposed to be living with all along. And that is that kid that had those dreams, that kid who was unstoppable. That kid who had self-belief beyond belief. And that kid who didn't believe that the unimaginable was actually unimaginable. You've been listening to The David Spizak Show. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button and leave a rating wherever you're listening right now. I look forward to having you back in the room where it happens.